0: The scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is God's word. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Well, I just wanna share a few words uh, with us this morning as we reflect on this Christmas. As I was reflecting on uh, the Christmas birth itself, right? You think about you have the, the cows, the cattle are lowing, you have a stall, you have a manger, you have hay, you have large animals and all that comes with large animals. And as I was reflecting on that, I was thinking about, you know, have you ever been in a place Whereas as soon as you walked in, you immediately knew or thought to yourself, yeah, this place is way below my standards. Have you ever done that before? Uh, Especially if you're going to sleep in that place. Uh, I was reflecting just this last year, we were in Phoenix and I can't remember exactly what happened, but we had plans to stay in, in in a very fine establishment um, I don't even remember where it was, but but what I do remember is for some reason we were off a night and we needed one night. We needed to fill one night to stay. And we were leaving the Grand Canyon. We were coming back into Phoenix. And I thought to myself, this is no, no big deal. mean, I have my cell phone. I can get on the cell phone uh, as we get closer and I'll, and I'll find a room. It'll be nice. The problem was, is that it was during spring training. And so Phoenix was crawling with people and uh, it was actually kind of difficult to find Uh, This hotel last minute But we kept looking And I tell you one thing You can't always trust the pictures You just can't Uh, And especially if the pictures look too good to be true Next to the price These are lessons that I learned slowly And we we got it And it was a I had heard of the place before we drive up and we walk in. I'm the first one to walk in, and I have, you know, a whole, you know, you know how you do it, right? You try to make it in one trip, and it ends up being four, and you have stuff all on you, and you're like this. And I walked in, and as soon as I walked in, everything in my body said, "Leave, <laughs> leave now." And it wasn't just the sight; it was it was the smell. It was the sight too. And and I walked over to the bed, and I just thought, I, I can't I can't sit on the bed. I, I'm afraid for my clothing, and I. I thought, should I even let anyone else come in the room? And so I walked out and I tried to prep my wife, Leah, and I said, hey, um, it's nasty in there. So just be prepared. And so I don't even remember if she came in. Uh, she may have, but I think at that point I had already made my decision. And I'm thinking, I gotta go now to the, the man at the front desk and tell him something tastefully, like, uh, hey, this place, I can't stay here, right? How do you say that tastefully? So I walked up to him and I waited in line, probably two people, and I'm thinking, I wonder why they're staying here. But so they left and I walked up to him. And so he looked at me, he said, "Uh, may I help you? And I couldn't help, but it just came out. I said, we can't stay here. (laughs) And all the things I'd practiced in my mind of how to say that tastefully were gone in that instant. And so he, I mean, he didn't even ask me a single question. He just said, I'm so sorry, uh, we, can, we can get the money back on your card. And so uh, it worked out fine, but I, I was thinking about that story this week and I was thinking about how the Christmas story itself, right? I wonder what, what it would have been like for Joseph and Mary as Mary's having this baby and not just a baby, but the son of God baby and walking in to this place with these smells and this sight. And I wonder what Joseph and Mary thought. And I think to myself, that's below my standards, right? All the stall was filled with. It wasn't clean, but Jesus, the God-man, was born there. And sometimes we point that out to our children, right? I do. I mean, I pointed that out to my children on numerous occasions. But for some reason this week, reflecting back on that story and my own sense of entitlement. And then thinking about this story, where Jesus was born, and Mary and Joseph are in this place that is way below my standard. And we learn a lot about God in this, don't we? We learn a lot about God in the Christmas story. But today I just wanna note one thing, and that's this, we learn God's commitment to his people. We learn God's commitment to be with his people. And you think about Jesus, you think about the rest of Jesus's life. Obviously he was born, but he did grow. And we know about that. Jesus lived a joyful, purposeful life, but he was not committed to comfort. That is very clear. He wasn't making decisions based on what am I comfortable with? He was making decisions based on the father's mission given to him, on mission accomplished. That's what he was focused on. And I, and I said this earlier, Um, in the series, and that is the birth of Jesus is a clear picture of God's desire to dwell with his people. God pulls out all the stops to be with his people. He longs to be with those who trust in Jesus. And the story of Christmas really then is a story of mission. It's a rescue mission to be exact. It's a mission of God returning to dwell with his people and through his people to shine his light in all the world. As I said earlier in the series as well, Christmas is a a picture of uh, Jesus as a baby born with combat boots. And the reason is because he came for a very specific purpose. He came for a mission. And Christianity is unique in this. Christianity is unique among all religions and philosophies, not because of its diagnosis of the human race, right? I mean, most philosophies, Most religions, we all sort of can agree on the basic diagnosis that something's wrong, that something's broken, that we need a savior, that we need fixed. But the way that Christianity differs is on its prognosis. We all agree that sickness and death and disease and injustice, to name a few things, it can't be the way it's supposed to be. We long for more, we long for these things to be eradicated. I got a text this morning from my sister who's an ICU nurse and emotionally so I could tell, she's just said it was a rough night last night and I just want you all to know how much I love you, right? That's not supposed to happen. Death is going to be no more, we read in Revelation 21, which we heard from. Sickness will be no more, brokenness will be no more, poverty will be no more. All things will be made new. Now, how do you and I get to be a part of that? And there's two things that are unique about Christianity. The first thing is that Jesus came not to save us from the world, but to save us for the world, right? You even look at our passage today, Jesus becomes flesh. He doesn't just come alongside us. He becomes one of us to serve us. Jesus took on a body, So that he could save those of us with bodies, not to save us from our body. And so the Christmas story is a reaffirmation of an embodied life. And we don't always hear that. We Christmas comes with angels and angels comes with disembodied reality. And the reason that that's relevant is because if we think that Jesus came to save us from this world or from our body, then we won't care for those with bodies. We won't care for those who are in need around us. We won't care for physical needs and physical brokenness in our society. But clearly, Jesus came to restore us so that we could be those who work for restoration around us. And so Jesus came not to save us from the world, but for the world, to serve the world. And the second way that Christianity is unique, is that salvation is by grace and provided to us in Jesus. All other religions, it's by performance, right? But as Christians, we serve those in need. We obey God, not in order to earn his favor, not to get Jesus points, but because we already are given 100% favor in Jesus. In other words... Just a few verses before our verse in John 1, 12, John says that all who receive Jesus are given the right to become children of God. Did you hear that? Not all who work really hard are given barely a pass into becoming a member of the family of God. No, all who receive Jesus for who he said he is, they are given the right to become children of God, because Jesus in his earthly ministry was not here to give us a new to-do list. Right? Here's some things to do. I came because you weren't quite getting it right. So here, I even put it in checklist form for you. Make sure every day in order, you check these things off. And then every day you take stock of how well you did. And that's how much mercy I'll give you based on your performance, right? That is not Christianity. Jesus didn't come to give us a checklist. He didn't come to give us a new to-do list in order to earn our way to God. Jesus is the savior who came to pay once and for all our entire moral debt before God. And he did it by giving himself up as the lamb of God, the lamb of who was slain. And so Jesus dies the death that I should have died. He dies the death that you should have died. And then guess what? You get his righteousness. That just means you get his life, his record. And when God looks at us who trust in Christ, he sees perfection. So Jesus gives us this perfection. And here's the beautiful thing this radical grace, he does this at the outset. He doesn't hedge his bets with us. When you trust in Jesus, he doesn't hold back and wait. Well, do they, just make sure they really mean it. Make sure I can really use them. Make sure they're really useful to me. No, at the very outset, he makes you a co-heir with Christ. That means that he views you as a child who legally is now participating in all the benefits of the family. All the benefits, immediately. And so forgiveness of sins is given because of Jesus, not because of our performance. And then lastly, he's with us always, he says. So forgiveness of sins, you see, is is also not the point of Christianity. Some of us think that. Some of us think the point of Christianity (coughs) is that Jesus came to forgive us our sins. Now he did come to pay for our sins so we can be forgiven, but that wasn't the point. That was a means to this end. The point of Christianity is that you can know God and be in perfect relationship with him. God wants to know you. You and I, we don't have to go find God or chase him down. He's not the lost one. I was the lost one. He came for me. So you see, being in relationship, the presence of God is the point of Christianity. And of course, God must deal with our sin so that we can be with him. But the point is, we get to be with him. And so tomorrow morning when you wake up and you're in your various places, remember God is with you. And giving of gifts is is a great thing. But of course, we remember the greatest gift, which is in Jesus, our sins are forgiven so that we can be with God. And some of you will wake up tomorrow morning and it'll be a painful morning because of all the people who aren't there or who were there last year and who aren't there this year. Or all the people who are there this year, but honestly might not be there next year. It'll be painful. And to you as well, to me, to us, we can remember God is with us. He will comfort us. So tomorrow morning, hope dawns again as we reflect upon the first coming of our Lord. And then we look forward to the second coming when all things will be made new. All tears will be wiped away. All sickness will go away forever. That's the hope of Christmas. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now so grateful that in your son, Jesus, we have access to you again, that you have made it such that we are co-heirs with Christ. We've been set free, and now we can live a life of freedom and light and joy and mission and purpose. We ask as we continue to sing now that you would call upon our hearts and minds those places where We need your help. We need your healing. And I ask that you would work in us that we would surrender those things to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.